0: I'm Steve Richards. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Everyone knows the catchphrase, but few know who coined it, much less anything about him. His name was Drew Bundini Brown. And in Bundini, Don't Believe the Hype, a new book by Todd D. Snyder, Snyder tells his story. One of boxing's most intriguing characters, Bundini was literally and figuratively A constant in Muhammad Ali's corner, working 44 of his 61 professional bouts, including all of his most significant ones, as his trainer Bundini woke him up every morning and shadowed him in the gym every day. Over time, he became one of Ali's closest confidants. He also served as Ali's hype man, firing up the legendary boxer during every fight with interjections and exclamations that were as fierce as they were poetic. While his impact on the greatest cannot be overstated, Muhammad Ali was not the only fighter shaped by Drew Bundini Brown. Before ever meeting Ali, Bundini was a member of Sugar Ray Robinson's entourage for seven consecutive years as a primary figure in the lives of two of the biggest icons in the history of the boxing world. Bondini's impact on the sport is undeniable. But Bondini also influenced the culture at large. After his discharge from the Merchant Marines, he settled in New York City, spent wild nights in the jazz joints of Harlem, making a name for himself as the charismatic street philosopher and poet some called Fast Black and appearing in movies such as the exploitation classic Shaft. From his poverty-stricken childhood in Jim Crow, Florida, to his marriage to a white woman from a family of Orthodox Jewish immigrants in defiance of 1950s cultural norms, Snyder documents the life of a man at once timeless and ahead of his time. A man who is proudly and unequivocally the common denominator between two of the Sweet Science's most celebrated champions. Todd D. Snyder is the son of a West Virginia boxing trainer and the author of 12 Rounds in Lowe's Gym, Boxing and Manhood in Appalachia. He holds a B.A. and M.A. in English from Marshall University and a Ph.D. PhD in Rhetoric and Composition from Ohio University. An associate professor of Rhetoric and Writing... Here in Albany at Siena College, happy to have Todd Snyder join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Todd, welcome to this program.
1: Oh, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. That was quite an introduction. Uh, Bundini lived quite a life, didn't he? Yes, he did.
0: <laughs> well, you could have written a biography of anyone, Todd. Why the focus, I know it's in your DNA, but why the focus on Drew Bundini-Brown?
1: You sort of alluded to it in your introduction. Uh, I grew up the son of a boxing trainer, so my childhood was pretty much spent in boxing gyms, and it's almost like being the son of a football coach. You see the sport differently when you grow up in that particular uh, space. You know, for me, I've always been drawn to boxing trainers because my father was one. I spent all that time in the gym, and, you know, I boxed when I was in high school for a couple years, but when I went off to college, I would come home in the summers, and I would work in the gym with my father, and I would work corners with him. So essentially, for about eight to ten years, I did the same kind of job that Drew Bundini Brown did for Muhammad Ali. So I've just always viewed boxing through that particular lens. So the quick answer is I was always fascinated by boxing trainers. Now, the reason I'm interested in Muhammad Ali's trainer, uh, one, Ali was my dad's hero. My dad grew up uh, you know, in the Ali era. And, you know, we grew up in West Virginia. Ali was from Kentucky. So my father was very proud uh, that the greatest fighter of all time was from nearby Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, not only was Ali his hero, I was also drawn to Bundini because he was Muhammad Ali's, we'll call him street poet, the sort of poet laureate of Muhammad Ali's corner. And as you mentioned once again in your, in your introduction, he was the guy who came up with most of Ali's rhymes. Uh, the most famous rhyme probably being float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Your hands can't hit what your eyes can't see. Uh, so I was drawn to him because I'm fascinated by trainers. I was drawn to him because I was fascinated by this sort of enigmatic street poet in Ali's corner. And as you mentioned, I teach here at Siena College. Uh, and one of my specialties is hip hop rhetoric. I'm a, I'm a scholar who looks at the history of hip hop. And that was sort of the big poetic movement of my lifetime growing up in the 80s. Uh, hip-hop was my first love. Boxing was my father's first love. And Bundini had a foot in both worlds, in my opinion. He was sort of the, like you said, the, the, the rapper or hype man in Ali's Corner who added that particular part of Ali's persona uh, to the sport of
0: boxing. My guest is Todd Snyder. His book is Don't Believe the Hype, Bundini. How did he get the nickname Bundini, Todd? It's a funny story.
1: As you mentioned, he joined the Navy when he was a young man. He grew up in Sanford, Florida, and they had a a naval air station, um, Sanford, which was founded when he was uh, 13 or 14 years old. Uh, He saw all of those officers walk through town, and at that time he was a shoeshine boy in Sanford. And Bundini saw those uniforms and thought that was the coolest thing he'd ever seen. So he, he went and signed up for the Navy, Before he was 18 years old, Uh, he lied about his age. And he was a really tall kid. He had a mustache. It it, it was believable, I suppose. (laughs) So they took him on as a naval steward. And essentially, you know, being a black man in that time period, he he shined shoes, worked in the kitchen. But he, he set off on this wild journey when he joined the Navy when he was just a teenager. Uh, Some accounts suggest he was only 13 or 14 years old when he signed up for the Navy. (laughs) So he's uh, he's in a port in India, uh, and there's a mechanical problem with their ship. And uh, he and some of the other stewards got to explore the docks, and these girls were being flirtatious. And they called him Bundini Bundini, which roughly translates to lover or boyfriend. Well, one of the commanding officers heard the girls chanting at him. And he was Bundini Brown for the rest of his tour in the Navy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Todd Snyder, my guest here on Speaking of Writers. His new book is Bundini, Don't Believe the Hype. So how did he come to be affiliated with Sugar Ray Robinson?
1: Well, that's an even crazier story. Uh, After his time in the Navy is finished, uh, he works in the Merchant Marines for a number of years. And he makes some friends uh, in the Merchant Marines who lived in harlem and through his buddies in the merchant marines he finds his way to harlem now at the time period where bundini finds his way to harlem uh sugar ray robinson had just retired from the sport of boxing and sort of viewed himself as an entrepreneur. So he bought up uh, an entire street block in Harlem and he, he founded a dry cleaning business, a lingerie store, a restaurant, a nightclub. So he, he bought all the, he bought up all this real estate, yet Sugar Ray Robinson's golden glove barbershop, even. Uh, well, Boondini gets this little ratty apartment, which is located just above Sugar Ray Robinson's golden gloves barbershop. And he hangs out there, uh, makes a lot of friends there. Uh, the first fighter he meets is a former welterweight champion, Johnny Honeyboy Bratton. And he becomes sort of a, an errand boy for Bratton and hangs around the gym with him, and they become friends. And through his friendship of, of Johnny Bratton, he ends up meeting Sugar Ray Robinson and sort of working for him in a similar capacity. Uh, the thing about Bundini was that when, when an opportunity came his way, he never let it pass. So he starts out doing very menial work for Sugar Ray, by the time those seven years are up, he's a major fixture in uh, Sugar Ray's training camp. All
0: right, Todd, let's talk about Muhammad Ali. So how did Bundini come to join forces with Ali, and what was their relationship like?
1: Well, you you sort of alluded to it. Uh, Sugar Ray Robinson was Muhammad Ali's hero, his boxing idol. And, uh, you know, Sugar Ray, Bundini kind of joined his entourage late into Sugar Ray's career. Um, Sugar Ray's still fighting, but he's getting old, and he, his, his career is winding down. And this young uh, Olympic gold medalist, Cassius Clay, comes on the scene. And in 1964, he gets his first headlining bout at Madison Square Garden. And Sugar Ray, of course, being a New Yorker, shows up to the fight. He's at the pre-fight festivities, and he introduces the young Cassius Clay to his his sidekick, his hype man, Bundini Brown. And the the famous phrase is, he says he met the first guy who could out-talk Cassius Clay. And, of course, he's talking about Bundini. So they meet each other, and uh, because of his admiration for Sugar Ray, eventually uh, Muhammad Ali takes him on as the corner man.
0: Todd Snyder, my guest here on Speaking of Writers, the book Bundini, Don't Believe the Hype. Todd, what was your research like for this book? Oh
1: my goodness! I've, it, this was the most wild journey of my uh, writing career for sure. Uh, this is my third book, but there was you know I've never done research like this before. Uh, you know I got to interview uh, members of Muhammad Ali's family. Uh, I formed a very close friendship with uh, Bundini's son, Drew Brown III, and other members of the Brown family. Uh, I got to interview boxing greats like George Foreman, Larry Holmes, Tim Weatherspoon, all of these guys who either fought Ali or sparred him or worked with him in some kind of capacity. Uh, It was amazing. I got to interview Khalil Ali, all of these folks who sort of were a part of the entourage. And really, it's a testament to how much people loved Bundini. No one said no to me when it came time to do an interview. Everyone made time out of their busy schedule to share some stories about this guy. And he was quite a character. He was beloved by uh, the, the boxing world, that's for sure. And as you said earlier, sort of made a name for himself in the films, too. He was a pop culture icon. You think about it. He worked with Sugar Ray Robinson, Muhammad Ali, and John Shaft in those John, <laughs> in those uh, Shaft movies.
0: Yeah. What's been the reaction? What a life. What's been the reaction <laughs> from the uh, Ali family to the book?
1: You know, everyone has been very supportive. And, and uh, Khalil Ali posted a message on my Facebook the other day, actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, letting people know that you know I got the story right. You know, the Brown family has been very uh, very pleased as well because. You know, Bundini is a guy who, he could be sort of a wild character. He liked to drink and have fun. And sometimes in documentaries or in books, he gets painted as sort of a court jester kind of figure to Ali. A guy who Ali kept around because he was a a good time. That really wasn't the case. He really did provide uh, some pretty important services to Ali. And as a kid who grew up learning about the psychological side of boxing and seeing my father do that for people in the gym, I can appreciate what Bundini brought to the table. He was someone who made Ali train harder and stay focused on the, the task at hand.
0: Todd, were Bundini and Ali still close at the time of Bundini's death? They were, but I
1: will tell you, they had they had some falling outs along the way. It was a 21 year friendship, and as you mentioned, 44 fights, I believe. Uh, they were the best of friends, but like but like any good uh, you know set of friends, they had their moments, they had their fights, they had their tiffs doing my research, some people said Bundini was fired eight times. Some people said 12 times. Regardless of the number, it was clear that they would get in the fights and Ali would let him go. Then Ali would bring him back. Um, But they did remain friends to the very end. Um, You know, Bundini was the first member of Ali's entourage to pass. He died in 1987 at a time when Ali was just starting to feel the effects of Parkinson's disease. So I do try to tell the story of that friendship. And it was a lifelong friendship between the
0: two men. In our remaining moments with Todd Snyder, his book is Bundini, Don't Believe the Hype. What would you like readers to take away from this book, Todd? You know what?
1: Someone said to me the other day, you know, I love this book, and I'm not a boxing fan at all, but I really love this story. Uh, For me, it's about fathers and sons and relationships, and there's history in there. And I I thought that was the best compliment. Uh, Bundini lived an amazing American life, and he was one of those kids who had a tragic childhood, father was abusive. He grew up very poor. He grew up in a part of Florida, Seminole County, where the Ku Klux Klan still had a major presence. This is a story about what humans can overcome and how many times you can get knocked down and keep getting back up. The fact that a kid from those circumstances could go on to befriend probably the two greatest fighters of all time and work side by side in all those legendary fights is quite a story. And that he could use his platform to create positivity and to make people smile and make people laugh is very inspiring. So in the end, it's a story about a man who overcame quite a bit. And of course he had his demons and he, he definitely had his pitfalls. But in the end, I think it's, it, it's a truly American story of rags to riches, someone who really pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and, and made something out of uh, a life that was full of disadvantage.
0: Are you working on another book?
1: That's right. I am, actually. Uh, I'm working on a book titled Beatboxing, and in some ways it's a sequel to Bundini. Uh, this, this book is going to look at hip-hop's impact on professional boxing. And, uh, you know, what got me thinking about this research is Bundini, in some ways, really was the first MC, the first rapper, and Ali being one of those pre-hip-hop icons that, that set the, the culture forward. Uh, it, it made me interested in learning about how hip-hop has changed the sport, and how the sport has changed hip-hop music and culture. So I'm working on a book that will sort of marry my two loves, my my, my two big passions in life, titled Beatboxing. It should be out in November of 2021.
0: All right. Todd Snyder, his book out now is Bundini, Don't Believe the Hype. Thank you so much for joining me, Todd.
1: Hey, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you.
0: And this is Speaking of Writers.